Hey, this is Joe Buca with another episode of Man Up, the podcast to help men reject passivity and accept responsibility. About a week and a half ago, maybe two weeks ago, my son-in-law, Michael, who lives in Austin, Texas, sent me a link for a podcast of uh, three guys, actually a black man and two white men, um, that um, he was aware of, and he'd actually worked with Anthony, the black man, and Chris and JT are the other two guys. It's called Renovating Masculinity. And uh, I've I really enjoyed hearing these guys tell their story. Actually, they've um, got a three-part series now on just racism in light of what happened, especially with the George Floyd death, murder, and uh, just the impact of uh, just how that's affected even um, the relationships in our in our country between black and white and and just just the challenges i here's where it really struck me is the power of story i think part of rejecting passivity is telling others our story and telling others how when we grew up we experienced racism um my good friend ricky hall uh, used to be in a men's group with me and ricky actually went to a fraternity to speak with me, an all-white fraternity, to speak and to tell his story. And part of his story was telling his father's story, who they grew up in the Birmingham, Alabama area. I forget exactly where Ricky's father grew up, but obviously, you know, that was back, you know, in the 30s and 40s and and when Ricky's dad grew up. And he told the story of of his father as a boy and two white police officers stopping him just to kind of give him a hard time and actually if I remember the story correctly one of the officers pulled his gun and I think even stuck it in Ricky's dad's mouth and Ricky's dad wet himself and uh, I remember this is one of those nights that I'll never forget one it was really kind of interesting to have here I've got a black man speaking to an all-white fraternity I don't remember what fraternity it was on campus at UGA but you could have heard a pin drop in the room and Ricky went on to tell his father growing up and coming to Christ and then actually Ricky growing up as in a Christian home and just the power of that. Um, but, you know, just hearing stories, hearing other men's stories. I I remember as a child, we I grew up in Fort Smith, Arkansas, and I was probably nine, ten years old. We had a public swimming pool. It was when integration was first came out and the swimming pools, you know, they allowed black kids to come to the swimming pool. And I remember my mom, who I didn't consider particularly much of a racist. I mean, I never heard my mom say the N-word or that doesn't mean she's not a racist, but it, you know, just didn't really, my my father had a foundry that had black, he had black men working there. And my parents seemed like they were very kind and nice to, and, and generous to these guys and their families. But I remember my mom saying, don't touch any black kids at the pool. And as a kid, you know, I'm like, you know, I didn't know, other than these families that worked for my dad, and sometimes the kids would come, and I'd play with those with their kids, but I remember just looking at my mom, like, I was just totally confused, like, what are you talking about, and as I asked her more, she got, it got really awkward, but she told me basically that she was concerned that I might catch some kind of a disease, and even as a kid, I'm like, that's, you know, I remember just being confused by that, and going to the pool, and actually seeing these black kids swim, and I mean, I can picture there was a diving area with a dive, couple di- a high dive, a three meter platform, a three meter diving board, and then two one meter boards. 
and just the black kids swimming in that and me just watching them thinking I want to swim in there but I don't want to come in contact with them and I you know that again just was part of uh, part of my story growing up in Arkansas actually my parents got divorced my mother remarried a guy that was a definitely was clearly a racist I mean he made all kinds of racial slurs and and just had nicknames for black leaders that were looking back on it it's just horrible but just that and he's and he was a big George Wallace supporter I, I guess when Wallace ran for president I don't remember all my history here but but I, it was just I remember just growing up in that and as a kid being kind of torn by it and being incensed by it and um, at the same time uh, just not really having anybody to process that with or talk to about it I also remember when I was in college somehow I went home went to go stay with my dad and my stepmom for a summer and my dad kept referring to black people as colored and I was just I was militant about dad you can't do that and the more upset and the more angry I got which wasn't necessarily upset is okay but the ang the way I expressed my anger it just seemed like my dad just dismissed it and I'm like dad you can't call black people colored like that's not okay and um and so again just growing up that way but one of the things about this podcast the the um, renovating masculinity that that Chris JT and Anthony have been talking about is just at getting to know people and asking them their story and I think Part of rejecting passivity and taking responsibility is really this idea of um, going to people that I don't know that are different from me, whether it's the race is different, the nationality is different, their income, yeah, I can tell they're, maybe they're a guy panhandling on the street, but going and asking to tell, asking for their story. Hey, tell me about yourself. Tell me your story. And uh, I'm, um, I mean, I do that for a living somewhat when a client first comes in the first thing I say is I want a five to ten minute and if you want to take longer you can take longer but I want to hear your story I want to hear how you grew up I want to hear about the family I want to hear about your interaction with your siblings I want to inter I want to understand even how spiritual your spiritual journey intertwines with your story and so you know I do that with everybody that comes to my office I want to be someone who really does pursue people different than me and asking them their story and I and I've really sensed where I one area I need to start is to go to some of these people that are on the street panhandling and t and take the time I mean not just giving them money but saying hey tell me your story like what what got you here or what what got you into life and and you know what are you facing um, and so I think that today is a challenge one of the things that Anthony challenged in I think it, they have a three-part series on racism it might have been at the end of the first or the second but he just his challenge was i think it was anthony but it could have been one of the other guys chris or jt but just says set for eight minutes in silence and see how long that is that george floyd was pinned to the ground with the police officer's knee on his neck and his hand in his pocket and just set for eight minutes and think my life his life was snuffed out was was taken away from him in those eight minutes. And uh, and so that's one of the things I wanna to do today. I'm gonna to take some time and I may talk about it some more next week just to accept their challenge to set for eight minutes in silence and just see how long that is. I'm gonna set the timer on my phone and just set and, um, 
and just ponder the the difficulty, the pain, the the horrific nature of this um, reality that George Floyd went through in losing his life. I um, I also have been praying that God would ferret out would would reveal racism in my life and that that I would have a hatred toward racism, uh, whether it's in me or in someone else. And I, yeah, I want to be careful how I respond to others. I think I know how to challenge myself, but I want to be careful that I'm not getting in people's faces, although maybe I need to at times. But, but again, I just feel like um, with all that's happened in the past couple months, it just is very challenging to me uh, living in the South in particular, but, but being, you know, I'm 64 years old. I grew up in the 60s when racism was at a, at a peak level in some ways, and now I think it's re-peaked. It's, pe- it's peaked a number of times in my lifetime, but I just want to be a part of the solution of reaching out and crossing the bridge of relationships with people that are not like me. And that's one thing I can do, one thing you can do to hear people's story. So thanks for listening today. And um, I hope uh, some of the things I've shared today will challenge you.